Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 765, January 6th, 2022. Uh, 49 degrees was the record high on this day. That it was in 1900. It was 27 below in 1912. And just because I like to do this kind of thing occasionally, 24 of the 31 warm weather weather records for January were established before 1990. 24 of 31. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense. Your mayor, Joe Souchere. You'll recall I said I attempted to uh, reach and successfully left a message for Judge Elena Ospie. Yes. Who, uh, hmm? who presumably gave Ray Conley the green line mugger a pretty light sentence. Mm-hmm. I finally got my answer. And I got my answer from Kyle Christofferson, Communications Specialist, Court Information Office, State Court Administrator's Office, Minnesota Judicial Branch, 130-F, Minnesota Judicial Center. Hi, Joe. Judge Elena Ospi got your message but is unable to comment about a pending case per the Code of Judicial Conduct. The case is not closed yet. I do want to direct you to the official record, though. Please see the defendant's comment in number 20 on page 4 of the attached petition indicating the parties agreed to terms. Uh, And he sent me voluminous uh, documents uh, that were too long to print out. Hmm. (coughs) Question number 20 in the... uh, in the uh, petition to enter guilty plea was apparently some arrangement between he and his attorney that he was agreeing to the uh, provisions that had been established for him. And also, uh, Christofferson notes, also the defendant did serve time in the county jail and was credited for that time at sentencing. He now also has more conditions on him. Finally, he has been referred to a treatment court in order to address chemical dependency. That ought to do it. These points are reflected in the attached order. And again, the guy... uh, he did send me all the all the stuff, but uh, I don't know what it means by the case is pending. Does that mean it's pending until this this current probation is over? It's tough to keep all because he's the a serial probation violator. Right, it's tough to keep them all separate. But that still doesn't really answer your your main question, does it? No. About why she could have given him what was it six years? But she can't talk to me apparently. True. So I don't know what the I'll I'll never get an answer to that to that question. That was an awfully long title that that gentleman had too, by the way. Well, no, he's just a, uh, just gave you all the bureaucracy. He's the court, he's a communication specialist. Oh, I, I got you. Okay. So her law clerk, clerk must have turned my message over to the media people. Gotcha. And that's how I got the answer. Okay. Mayor, you once again made a wide decision not to discuss COVID. Too bad you broke your rule by reading the email from Chuck in Ham Lake, who blamed the unvaccinated for the epidemic. Chuck apparently <laughs> didn't hear the CDC admit that the fully vaccinated, even the boosted, can still get COVID and spread it to others. And scientific studies have clearly shown that natural immunity is far more effective and longer lasting than the vaccine-induced immunity. If you are vaccinated, you probably will not die from COVID, but you can still spread it. So you and the dum-dum should definitely always avoid discussing COVID as a tangled web best to avoid so you don't get deluged by emails like this one. 
keep pushing back. That's how free people remain free. Richard Powell in Southport, North Carolina. Right. Uh, Richard, though, if, if you are vaccinated, you're far less likely to be hospitalized, which yeah. is three-quarters of the battle at the moment. Well, didn't he acknowledge that? He said, I don't uh, think so. He just said you still get sick. But if you get sick, if you're vaccinated, as I well know at the moment, you may not get hospitalized. But you probably won't get hospitalized. The notion to completely avoid talking about COVID, that's impossible. We are well, a news yeah, show. It's ridiculous. Well, but... We are a topical, news-oriented, daily show. And we're masking up when? 5 o'clock tomorrow? Yeah, because we can't get it till... No, it's today. No, it's today. Yeah, 5 5 o'clock today. today. Because we can't get it till 5 o'clock today. I cannot find an at-home test anywhere. No, you can't find them. They're they're not available. Kenny, I can hook you up. Seriously, if you're looking for something. I I certainly am. Yes, please. Okay. Yeah. Because everybody I know, they're guarding them like it's the you know the last joint on <laughs> on earth. Well, it's, it's, you yeah, know. one doobie left, and I'm not sharing. Do you it. know what I compared it to, Kenny? <laughs> Two years ago, when we were hoarding toilet paper, now we're hoarding COVID tests. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. The people who left Florida and drove to Chicago. Yep. They wandered yeah. all through the, uh, well, like Kentucky and Indiana, buying tests on the assumption that they were in the part of the country where tests would be available, and they were right. So huh. they, they went home with, really? I think, $750 worth of tests. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. Smart. That's, that's now they're move. flipping them for twice the profit. I, I don't know if they're meeting on the playground under a streetlight, and I, I have no idea. How they, and and everybody's telling me, go to Amazon and buy one. But I don't, I, don't, I don't trust Amazon because it's not Amazon sellers, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, uh. Yeah. Uh, Downing writes, a lot of talk about domestic terrorism today, January 6th. This is domestic terrorism. In Minneapolis, someone had the audacity to interrupt a carjacking. Now their home is being fired upon. I have that story. This is terrorism. This is what the Taliban do. Shut up the good people with the threat of killing them and their loved ones. This is terrorism. It's here. What's Keith Ellison doing about it? Uh, Keith is doing nothing about it. In fact, Keith has tested positive for COVID during a trip abroad. And uh, apparently he'll have to remain abroad until he clears his quarantine. But I don't think Keith has been, uh, uh, he hasn't been verbally worried about the uh, local acts of terrorism. Doesn't seem like it. And uh, Downing is absolutely correct. Minneapolis family terrorized by car thieves who shot up their home twice. Sleep is not a thing for us anymore. Uh, They stopped and attempted uh, this, this Couple, a North Minneapolis family is living in fear. They stopped an attempted carjacking outside their home one day. Then their home was shot up the next night. Their home ring camera caught both shootings. I'm reading from a WCCO news story. The family believes it may be retaliation for posting the video of the attempted carjacking on social media. Oh, my God. It's been tough to focus on work and sleep is not a thing anymore, said the family's mom. This mother of three fears what will happen to her family next after experiencing two nights of terror. She does not want to share her identity, but she does share the video of why she now constantly lives in fear. It was December 28. Mom was up early and her next door neighbor was warming up her car. I looked out the window, you know, and there's guys standing in there trying to open the car door from the inside, trying to climb into the window, she said. She got her husband up, husband up. He ran downstairs and opened the front door. The video picks up the rest of the story. Uh, the first guy turned around and shot two shots at him. 
So he came back in the house and closed the door. And then four more shots rang out, she said. Oh One God. of the bullets made it inside the home. My two-year-old was laying in the bed, and my six-year-old is laying on top of him, and the bullet comes right in between the two of them, she said. The next morning, the two men returned. Our neighbors are like they got out. They shot directly at your house seven times and sped off. There's children behind these walls. There's working families behind these walls. There's good people who are trying to live right here in this community, and they don't want to see this. The only way that things are going to stop is if the community gets together with the police and figure out a plan. Now, I, can, I have another answer to that, Mom. She also believes the community can control its own destiny by owning up to what they can control. Speak up. We know these kids. We know these babies in our community. We know our brothers and sisters and cousins and friends who are out here doing this stuff, she said. We know who these people are. Why are we acting like we don't know? Why are we turning a blind eye? This should not be happening. The uh, uh, lady, what's, what has to happen, I'm sorry you're going through this. What has to happen is you have to, uh, you have to completely uh, clean house uh, of legislators, county attorneys, uh, prosecuting attorneys, sentence guideline commission members. You have to completely uh, reform the whole uh, justice situation so that bad guys are put in jail. What happens if you return fire and you hit one? I was just going to ask a wound, great question. And wound them or kill them. I bet you're in trouble. Two questions, two questions about this. What happens to you legally and then what happens to you retaliation-wise? Well, yeah. Kenny, look what happened when they just simply tried to break up the carjacking. Exactly. Those gangbangers are just going to show up and take take that person out. Guaranteed that. Your happen. house is now unlivable. Mm-hmm. You, you cannot live there anymore. This is... Do you guys remember the story, Joe, you read it before we uh, we all were off that week for the holidays, where Governor Walls, it was a WCCO television report, I'm almost positive, and he said lowering the bar or whatever it was is simply, uh, that the fact that Minnesotans think that this means that they'll be less safe is simply untrue. Well, he's wrong. Do you remember that, though, yeah. that he yeah, said that? Yeah, Walls is a guy who appears to be settling for mediocrity. And the problem is... There's so many layers to this level of thinking. Yeah, we can go to the polls and vote this out, but it, it's going to take decades for this to be changed. This isn't going to happen overnight. Instead, he's talking to the Star Tribune and CCO about what it's like to have COVID. Yeah, yeah. come on, Like, like he's some kind of GD hero. Yeah. <laughs> well, in this story, a Minneapolis landlord says he was attempting to have multiple stolen vehicles towed from a lot behind his property yeah. when a group attacked him. Dale Howie manages manages 11 properties throughout the Twin Cities and says last week residents of the Green Rock Apartments, located at 2440 Harriet Avenue in Minneapolis, reported cars illegally parked in the back lot. Howie says it was later learned the cars had been reported stolen. Uh, There was one without plates, Howie said. That raised a flag. On December 30, he notified a towing company the cars needed to be moved. Around 1.30 a.m. on December 31st, he says a group approached him. They said, hey, man, that's our car, Howie said. I said, it's listed as stolen, and it's being towed. One guy came up and put his phone right in my face, and I swatted it out of the way, and the other guy clocked me. Howie says he woke up one hour later at Hennepin County Medical Center with a concussion, three-inch staples in his skull, a broken cheekbone, and a broken eye socket. Yeah. They were out for blood, Howie said. They knew that they were doing, they they set me up. Minneapolis Police spokesperson Garrett Parton confirmed police are actively searching for two males involved in the assault. The police are working on beginning of December cases, Howie said, cases that are more serious than mine. 
while he recovers from his injuries, I saw a picture of the guy. It looks like he was in a bad car accident. While he recovers from his injuries, he says he doesn't want what happened to him to happen to someone else. These kids obviously have an axe to grind. It's not with me. I'm trying to make things better for everybody, he said. Uh, well, we're in, we're in dire straits until we get rid of the people who, uh, these saps who are in charge. Yeah, because you're right. If those, if those criminals, those two men that the police are looking for are caught, they're going to be run in and turned around and sent out, and they'll be doing bad things again before the sun comes up. I could do this all day long. I, c- yeah. I can give you a stories mm-hmm. all day long. Yeah. You know the thought I had when you were reading that story? You, you guys saw the uh, the snow emergency was into uh, took effect. La- was it last night? Correct. In St. Paul, but not in Minneapolis. Now, what I'm wondering, when are the carjackers just going to take a tow truck and just start randomly grabbing vehicles around mm-hmm. town? Yeah. Oh, that's already happening on the freeways. It is. Yeah, where, where the bad guys just come and grab a stalled car. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh my God. <laughs> what was I going to say? Uh, oh, it, it, this just isn't um, crimes of on like carjacking related crimes or mugging crimes it's also sex offender crimes joe where they're getting turned around and sent back out and put on probation and and whatnot and offending again you know this goes across the board mm-hmm. well let me uh let me address that oh no uh let me address that <clears throat> You just bear with me. And, I, again, I could do this all day long, and I don't want to do it all day long. Positive Thursday. Yeah, positive Thursday, suit. <laughs> oh, shoot. Again, if I could type, we'd have a hell of a show. You've had a rough time with the old typing machine today. I will say that. Yeah. Well, this I just was glancing at the Pioneer Press website before we went on the air. When you guys were recording the uh, the Krabby Coffee episode, which this I think will it. be available at garagelogic.com, you guys should have watched Sooch try to respond to an email in the other room. It was comical. I wish I had taken a video of it. <laughs> we should just have a camera mounted there and rolling at yes! all times. Yes, a suit cam. I love yeah. it. Yeah. A suit cam. <laughs> I might not want to have any audio, though. Oh, things, yeah, just video. Things get blue. <laughs> Frustration. He's banging it's on the very table. very blue. <laughs> uh, okay, doing? I got it. You got it? I got it. And okay. then I'll, I'll, I'll make this the last one. Uh, but Kenny brought up uh, the idea that this also includes uh, sex offenders. Uh, let me find it here. Just With bear. little kids. With little kids. Mm. Uh, well, where the hell did it go? I think it's right over there. Uh, it's, now it's, it's missing. It's missing <laughs> from the. Uh, it's it's missing from the uh, website. Paraphrase it. Is it the one involving little kids? Because that's the one that really stuck with me. No, this was a guy who uh, sexually raped somebody last May, and he was out uh, pending three other uh, cases against him. Oh, jeez. So <sighs> it's getting very difficult to... Uh, I was copied on a letter that a uh, that a friend of the woman who was carjacked on Osceola... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was copied on a letter that a friend of hers wrote to John Choi. And John Choi gave a long answer. Uh, and I read it. And again, it was all the boilerplate about the policies they have in place. And we take this seriously and on and on and on and on and on. Uh, well, John, why are these people still out? You've, you've got people out all the time. Ray Conley's out. And one of the excuses I keep hearing is crowded prisons. So bleeping what? Build another prison then. 
That should be the last excuse you have for having Crowd them in there. I don't give a damn. Yeah, put four in a cell instead of two. Who and gives then a Troy damn? tells this letter writer, well, none of these uh, charges really stem from Ramsey County, me- oh, meaning these carjackers are, their, their other charges apparently were pressed in Hennepin County. Oh, okay. So he's off the hook on that. But uh, I don't think the woman on Osceola will get satisfaction, uh, not until there's a wholesale house cleaning of these people. They're going down the rabbit hole we talked about yesterday. However, intentionally or unintentionally, they're sowing the seeds of chaos. They've swallowed that virtue signaling that they think they're doing the right thing. And all they're doing is harming minority communities. Mm -hmm. That's all they're doing. Life is miserable for that family in North Minneapolis. They're getting shot at because they tried to do the right thing by stopping a carjacking. Mm -hmm. They're getting shot at. Mm -hmm. And you'll recall Don Samuels telling us that he's, he's always put his money where his mouth is. He probably could live anywhere in the Twin Cities, and he has remained in North Minneapolis, trying but to bring some sanity to the table. He's committed. Yeah. I'm surprised they haven't gone after him. Yeah. In the meantime, we, we keep losing great living Americans, like the oldest American veteran of World wow, War II. what a story, yeah. that guy, huh? Wow. And his optimism and outlook on life after being tr- treated like absolute ass by the United States. Well, he was in the Army, right? Lawrence yeah. N. Brooks, the oldest World War II veteran in the U.S. and believed to be the oldest man in the country, died yesterday at the age of 112. Mm-hmm. His death was announced by the National World War II Museum and confirmed by his daughter. Most African-Americans serving in the segregated U.S. Armed Forces at the beginning of World War II were assigned to non-combat units and relegated to service duties such as supply, maintenance, and transportation, said Colonel Pete Crean, vice president of the Education and Access at the Museum in New Orleans. The reason for that was outright racism. There's no other way to characterize it, Crean said. But Brooks, born on September 12, 1909, was known for his good-natured sense of humor, positivity, and kindness. When asked for his secret to a long life, he often said, serving God and being nice to people. The exact opposite of what the woke believe in. The exact opposite. Mm -hmm. I don't have no hard feelings towards nobody, he said during a 2014 oral history interview with the museum. I just want everything to be lovely, to come out all right. I want people to have fun and enjoy themselves, be happy and not sad. On sunny days, Brooks was known for sitting on the front porch of his double shotgun house he shared with daughter Vanessa Brooks in the Central City neighborhood of New Orleans. Neighbors would call out to the local celebrity, wave and bring him soda and snacks. He was passionate about the New Orleans Saints football team and never missed a game. His church, St. Luke's Episcopal, was also close to his heart, and he never missed a Sunday service until the coronavirus hit. Originally from Norwood, Louisiana, near Baton Rouge, Brooks' family moved to the Mississippi Delta when he was an infant. He was one of 15 kids. Oof! Wow! And they lived too far from the nearest school, so his parents taught him what they could at home. Brooks was working at a sawmill when he was drafted into the Army in 1940 after Japan's attack on Pearl Harbor. He was assigned to the mostly black 91st Engineer General Service Regiment stationed in Australia. Later in the war, troop losses virtually forced the military to begin placing more African-American troops into combat positions. In 1941, fewer than 4,000 African-Americans were serving in the military. By 1945, that number had increased to more than 1.2 million. The 91st, where Brooks served, was an army unit that built bridges, roads, and airstrips. 
Brooks was assigned as a caretaker to three white officers. His job was to cook, drive, and take care of their clothes. Jesus. Brooks did not often speak publicly about the discrimination he and other black soldiers faced in the war or the discrimination his family faced in the, G in the Jim Crow Deep South. During his oral history interview, Brooks said the officers he cared for treated him well and he considered himself fortunate not to have to, not to, have to fight in combat. I got lucky. I was saying to myself, if I'm going to be shooting at somebody, somebody's going to be shooting at me and they might get lucky and hit me. He often told the story about a time when he was a passenger in a C-47 aircraft delivering a load of barbed wire to the front when one of the transport plane's engines went out. After they dumped the cargo to conserve weight, uh, he made his way to the cockpit. He told the pilot and co-pilot that since they were the only two with parachutes, if they had to jump for it, he was going to grab onto one of them. We made it, though, he said, <laughs> and uh, we had a laugh about that. Despite not being in combat, Brooks did experience enemy fire. He said the Japanese would sometimes bomb Owen Island, where he worked. We'd be running like crazy trying to hide, he said. They had to dig foxholes to protect themselves. He was discharged from the Army in August 1945 as a private first class. When he returned from service, he worked as a forklift driver until retiring in his 60s. He has five children, five stepchildren, and dozens of grandchildren and great-grandchildren. He lost his wife, Leona, shortly after Hurricane Katrina. That disaster destroyed his home. Then in his late 90s, he was evacuated from his home's roof via helicopter. His daughter describes him as resilient. He's been through a lot. He's tough, and that's one thing I learned from him. If nothing else he instilled in me, do your best, and whatever you can do, don't make it any sense to worry about it, she said. I think that's why he's lived as long as he has. And then I also have a note from the uh, military, the Army Times that Tim sent me. Lawrence Brooks, the United States' oldest living World War II veteran, died yesterday at the, at the age of 112. Uh, many publications paid tribute to him, but Tim writes, I believe the best was in the Army Times, which he's, as he would have wanted. He was the son of sharecroppers in World War II. Uh, we, know, we learned all that. He ended up serving in Queensland, Australia, a key defensive area in the war against Japan. At one point, he was stationed on Horn Island off the coast of Queensland. The Japanese bombers would target that island, but not a nearby island known as Thursday Island. The reason they avoided Thursday Island was because it contained a sacred Japanese graveyard. So Brooks and his unit would often row small boats over to Thursday Island after nightfall to avoid the air raids. Brooks had recently requested a new U.S. Army uniform to replace the original he'd lost 16 years ago in Hurricane Katrina. He was presented with an authentic reproduction of his World War II uniform during a stay at the New Orleans VA Hospital in November. Brooks' daughter says her father will be buried in his new uniform as he requested. When asked late last year what he would like his legacy to be, his answer was simple. I would like to be remembered as a strong man and a good soldier. Well, you certainly must have been, sir. You certainly must have been. R.I.P. Private First Class Lawrence Brooks, a strong man and a good soldier. Well, if that's not positive, I don't know why. Wow. That's, yeah. It's amazing. Amazing. Good for you. Good for you. We'll be, uh, we'll take a time out here. It's time for your New Year's resolution. We all spent a lot of money during the holidays, and I can help you save some money, too. Do what I did. Call the Canopy Group. 
They shopped over 16 insurance companies, increased my coverage greatly, and saved me over $600 annually. I procrastinated and wish I had done this a decade earlier. Now I'm part of the Canopy Group's annual process. I do not have the time, interest, or knowledge to shop 16 different companies for my home and auto insurance. Do me and yourself a favor. Don't procrastinate. Make this your New Year's resolution. Call the Canopy Group and get the best insurance coverage and save money. You will be off to a wonderful New Year. Go to thecanopygroup.com. That's thecanopygroup.com. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. It's a GL-only deal going on at maplegrovelockandsafe.com just for the rest of this week, basically through tomorrow. It's a last year sales price on all current in-stock inventory. It's not on the website. You can't find it anywhere, um, not even maplegrovelockandsafe.com, but you will find the merchandise there. Uh, but to get this price, uh, these prices, you're going to have to call Rich or better yet, stop in, socialize a little bit. And, and now listen to this. If you purchase an in-stock Lincoln 50 safe, you get a free Centurion safe. Did you hear what I just said? Purchase an in-stock Lincoln, get a free Centurion. That's a, by the way, that's a uh, Lincoln 50. Uh, and it's only for you GLers, Rich. He's got over 140 saves in stock, uh, so you got to get in there and find the model that's made just for you. 6901 East Fish Lake Road in Maple Grove and on the web at maplegrovelockandsafe.com. I, I have the story that I was looking for uh, before. Uh, new charges were brought. Uh, now, we'll make this the last one because we know the soup we're in. New charges were brought Monday against a St. Paul man already accused of sneaking into east side bedrooms at night, stealing items, and attempting to sexually assault two people, including a 14-year-old girl. Dewada Stephen Deputy, 33, maybe it's deputy, it's D-E-P-U-T-I-E, was charged in Ramsey County District Court with third-degree criminal sexual conduct after authorities say he raped a woman while attending a bonfire gathering in May. He was charged via warrant because he posted bond in November and was released from jail pending trial for his other cases. Deputy denies any non-consensual sex according to the criminal complaint. St. Paul police were dispatched to the 50th block of Wheelock Parkway East on May 23 after a report of a sexual assault. A woman reported that she had been raped by a man later identified as Deputy. Uh, they were smoking uh, and drinking around a bonfire. She became extremely intoxicated and retired to a spare bedroom about 2 a.m. She was awakened three hours later with Deputy raping her, according to the charge. When the sister's boyfriend told Deputy to leave, he responded by saying, I didn't do anything. Deputy has four other pending cases against him that include charges brought in October of attempted second-degree criminal sexual assault, attempted third-degree criminal sexual assault, and two counts of fifth-degree criminal sexual conduct, two counts of first-degree burglary, and two counts of third-degree burglary. Wow. His criminal record includes violating a restraining order, disorderly conduct, and drugs. His next court appearance is set for Feb 8, when he'll probably be placed on probation. How you yep. doing? How you yep. doing? How, you doing? How can anyone have an algorithm or a sentencing guideline that can be lenient towards sexual assault? What, what, what happened to the whole... I'm, I'm not going to compare the two, but right. what, what, what is going on? 
is there uh, is it incumbent upon us to discuss uh, the fact that this is the one year anniversary of an attempted insurrection? I think it's inevitable. We have to. And bring it up. Uh, Biden gave very strong remarks condemning Trump. Never mentioned him by name but uh, called him the former president of the United States. And I, I don't know how Biden could have avoided that. Who else are you going to blame? That just didn't happen organically. I'm convinced it didn't happen organically. I think it was vile. Uh, I also don't think it's going to happen again. I was under the impression that it did. Happen organically? Yeah. No, people came from, well, Does it happen organically when you arrive there from out of state? for purposes of doing just what they did. But, John, am I wrong about this, John? Well, because th- I thought- that's part of what the committee is investigating. Apparently there were some groups that were organized, but they're now they're trying to figure out if there was an over overhead or you know, above those organizations. Like the Proud Boys, obviously from state to state, got together, said, here's what we're going to do, get together, do this. But now they're trying to see if there are higher-level people involved in putting things together, too. Okay. The thing thing that Biden did was he pushed every button to to pee off Trump. Oh, of course he did. Call him a loser (laughs) and, and, uh, you know, his ego's more important than the country's democracy, all of which are accurate statements. What about uh, your vice president comparing it to uh, uh, Pearl Harbor? And 9-11. I think Pearl Harbor and 9-11 were more significant. I think January 6th last year was terribly, terribly troubling, but it didn't cast us into a world war. No, yeah. it was a people on the ass compared it, to those two events. It would have had to have been successful, I think, to, to compare then to you, then Pearl you Harbor and 9-11. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I thought her remarks were blundering. I, I, I just don't care for oh, that woman I'm shocked. All. Yeah. She's just a well, I thought moron. Biden's remarks were blundering. No, I thought it was strong. Hmm. Uh, I thought it was Interesting. strong. Interesting. His speechwriter is pretty good. His name escapes I, me at the I, moment. He's, all right, whatever. Um, he's just there to create more division, more white versus black, more blue versus red, more more division in this country. Well, that's what his predecessor did, too. Yeah, we're, we're and, in, and there's, no, there's no end in sight, right, you know? Right. No, nobody's sitting in the middle except, from what I can tell, us four, yeah. five when Matthew's <laughs> here. Yeah, yeah. Looking, well, at both si- I, looking at both sides I, going, what the hell? I, I don't know if I agree that I'm sitting with you, Kenny, because I thought his comments were well-deserved and well-spoken. And I, today, what did they do to heal comments. us to move forward? Well, don't you think the healing process should be part of what's happening with the commission, where the other group of folks is stonewalling everything? Do you think nothing should happen at this point? I mean, it's over. It's done. Forget about it. I would say this. Be all right with that. I would say this to that point. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> John, I would say this to your point. Yes. Uh, the country did survive that. Certainly. Mis- misguided to, attack. To this point. Yeah. To they, this point. The institutions have held firm, but that doesn't... Even Jimmy Carter uh, is threatening, not threatening, uh, warning uh, America that we're... we're we're breaking apart in ways that are not going to be healed. But I have an interesting email from a guy named Matt up on Derange. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Listening to the email today and the discussion that followed regarding crime, he's referring to uh, Kevin Brock's piece yesterday from The Hill when he said this is a uh, uh, crime is being artificially 
germinated mm-hmm. to bring right. about chaos. Listening to the email today and the discussion that followed regarding crime and how it's all by design by political influences, it made me think of something I've stumbled upon in the past. It's called the Strauss-Howe theory. Basically speaking, there are four generations in this cycle, and it covers 80 to 90 years. Each cycle has its purpose, if you will. The cycles or turnings are high, awakening, unraveling, and crisis. Our most recent high was post-World War II. The high ended around the early 60s. During the 60s and 70s was our awakening, which is personal and spiritual autonomy. During this time, we reached a high tide of public progress, and people desired a time of less discipline. The unraveling happened in the uh, the unraveling happened when institutions are distrusted and people want to be individuals. Our current culture war and financial boom we felt in the 90s. What's coming is the in the final cycle is crisis. Revolution or war is prominent in this cycle. Institutions that had been torn down are attempted to be rebuilt to prevent the total destruction of society. Our, our previous crisis was the 1929 stock market crash. It took me a long time to get here, but in the explanation of this whole theory is that this has been going on throughout history. What I'm thinking is, are we just predisposed to repeat all this stuff as humans? We think that we've evolved over all time, all this time uh, since Jesus walked the earth, but we seem to just keep repeating the same mistakes along the way. All the same players are involved. They're just dressed in different clothes and speak a different language throughout history. It really is a mind bender when you sit back and start looking at this from 30,000 feet. That's a pretty good point. I ha- I'll have to look that up. Yeah. Uh, John, look that up real quick just for fun. Uh, I'm going to give it to you again. It's the, uh, what is it? Strauss, S-T-R-A-U-S-S, Strauss-Howe theory, H-O-W-E. Strauss-Howe theory. I don't know who Strauss and Howe are. Neil Howe and William Strauss is who they are. All right. Uh, It uh, describes a theorized recurring generational cycle in American and global history. And then it basically goes through what you just talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, they laid the groundwork for their theory in the 1991 book Generations, which discussed the history of the U.S. as that series of generational biographies going back to 1584. In another book in 1997, The Fourth Turning, they expanded the theory to focus on a fourfold cycle that you talked about mm-hmm. of reoccurring mood eras and generational types to describe the history of the U.S., including the 13 colonies and their British antecedents. However, the authors have also examined generational trends elsewhere in the world and described similar cycles in developed countries. And there's lots more, obviously. Right. Well, uh, if we're in fact, uh, this is true uh, for the sake of argument, for the sake of being theoretical, let's say we're entering the si- the crisis phase. Yeah. Okay. What's the crisis? Well, from the U.S. end. Yeah. Well, whether or not we remain the United States, I mean that's. Lie. I, I agree with John. Lawlessness. I guess. Uh, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Well, you just said Jimmy here, Carter's warning the country. Well, another another well, way to put it: if we're entering civil war, however innocuous it might be, what are we fighting about? Right. John? There's, uh, well, there's, there's a great quote today. Now, Dick Cheney showed up today okay. at the January 6th thing. All right. Dick Cheney, not exactly a liberal. No. Uh, he's about as conservative as you can get. Right. His quote today, I'm deeply disappointed we don't have better leadership in the Republican Party to restore the Constitution. I'm, That's I, the battle. The Constitution right, is, right. you know, because half the country would be, well, and half the country would be completely fine with 
removing it, right? Don't you and, think? Well, which half, Chris? No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Fifty percent of the people. <laughs> which, but which half, Chris? John, I'm the not Republican, saying. Republican, no, the Democrat. Stop, stop, stop. No, see now you're. I love you, so just bear with me. <laughs> I'm not. I don't love anybody. Listen, I'm not saying red or blue. I'm not going down that road, which yes. I think you want to go down. I'm saying half of the country uh, does want to go down. Go down. John, me. but hang on. <laughs> 50% of the people, whether they they vote left, whether they vote right, whatever, 50% of the people would be fine with the Constitution being removed. Don't you agree? Yeah, I, You know what? Yeah, you're right. You're completely right. And you're right. There's no side that you can no, find both sides. It's of the extremes on both sides that are nuts, yeah. that are that are the result of this country wanting to be divided. Right. And, and Such mentioned civil war. But you're right. How do we... That won't pick happen. Sides. How do you pick yeah, sides? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> that, that can't... That just... It can't well, happen. God help us. I'm certainly rooting for the fact that we don't have a civil war. <laughs> uh, no, it, it, no, and it won't for the reason you just said. And and the other way to put it is the crisis ate the climate. Oh, God, no. Well, that no. means a lot of people think it is. By the way, yeah, I know you, well, that's you're just probably a, right. They that's do, just yeah. a fun little distraction, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's not going to be fun when you have to start paying for it. On the way to socialism, I should have added. By the way, um, I know the president and vice president spoke today. Can you guys send me the video of when they both spoke publicly about uh, leaving Afghanistan? Do you, mm. I'm sure there was some remarks, but I'm not recalling them specifically. No, there, there I'm was sure not. Kamala didn't have anything to say. She's not to be trusted to open her trap. No, I liked her explanation on inflation. Well, that was good. Do you want it again? Yeah, it okay. was, it was helpful. <laughs> it's a good reminder of what we're dealing with. Yeah, I think you know, uh, it's, it's yeah. always worth it. Because now I understand it, it better. Well, let's start with this. Okay. Right. Prices have gone up. That's true. Yep. yep. And families and individuals are dealing with the realities of of. That bread costs more, the gas costs more. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. And we have to understand what that means. Okay, what does that mean? That's about the cost of living going up. Oh, thank you. Huh? What? Very clear. (laughs) You idiot. God almighty. Hey, other than that, things are in great shape. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And all is silent. (laughs) I was thinking of a joke. Can I tell that oh. joke that I told you off the air, Brooke, about uh, the, uh, the dream? Uh, the dream? Uh, well, I mean, it, at, I, I would think it's fine, but do you want to uh, indict the people that, that did it? By the way, you just called Reavers Rook. That's right. Yeah, it's it's happened before. I noticed that too. But you, know, you guys remember the first year I was on the show, he didn't even know what my name was. For a million well, dollars. The problem is, the first year you were on the show, you showed him way too much respect. That's a good And it point. almost got you fired, <laughs> you bootlicker. <laughs> Gary Cheevers, that's what he called me. Gary Cheevers, that's right. That's what it was. Well, that's I just, did. Yes, that's you just did. funny. He did. That's Gary just Cheevers. funny right there. That heck, sorry. <laughs> dear, dear Mayor, I hope this brief note will light a fire for justice. For the citizens of St. Paul, I have already written my city council rep and my mayor... And I'm now appealing to the only mayor with guts, the Honorable Mayor of Garage Logic. This summer, I was very happy to have my street paved in Highland Park. It was a terrible turmoil of potholes and patches on top of patches. I did not know that the city would invoice me $431.60 for my share of the cost of paving the street. Hmm. I've owned lots of homes in lots of cities and have never been charged for street paving. I thought this was an unwritten contract between the city and its citizens. I pay my property taxes. You pave the street. 
My reason for reaching out to you is simple. I am hoping with the broadcasting audience of sensible citizens that listen to Garage Logic that there is one attorney out there with the intestinal fortitude to file a class action lawsuit against the city on behalf of all the citizens who were unjustly invoiced for street paving this summer. Any uh, one, any one legal mind willing to stand up to the Republic of St. Paul? By the way, I opened this invoice right after I heard that our mayors have told me that I, a fully vaccinated and boosted person capable of making my own health decisions, will now again have to wear a mask to go inside any building in the city. Is this is the American way of life dead? Stop the madness. Uh, and this is from Matt. Matt, I got the same bill, only it was more than yours. And, <laughs> and I, too, was confused. I don't recall ever getting bill. Plus, my street wasn't paved this, this past summer. Oh. Wasn't, it wasn't touched. Is it an upcoming so, charge? Maybe they're going to do it this year? It but doesn't you need paving. Or, you occasionally, what was it, Snelling or Ford? You occasionally drive down those streets. So, Snelling, so I drive down. Yeah, there you go. So it's just a shared cost then, apparently, huh, Joe? But well, I, I, don't recall, I don't recall getting billed for street paving. Joe, what the hell do the, our property taxes pay? It's for the good of St. Paul, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, your obviously part. that means your property taxes are going down then, correct? You would think so, but they won't. Nope. What St. Paul should do is just take your entire paycheck and then give you an allowance. <laughs> I think that's a good call. <laughs> They'll determine how much you need well, on believe a monthly me, basis. That's, that's in the works, that's, I think. I'm sure that's in somebody's <laughs> thought process. So I don't know what to tell Matt. Uh, I don't know if there's a class action lawsuit there. And if there was and the citizens won, they just figured out another way to tax you. Yep. <laughs> Want to come back with Johnny Height? Why don't we, Joe? Why not? Mm-hmm. Schoonover Body Works in Glass and Shoreview is a GLers one-stop family-owned third-generation body shop. They're right there in Shoreview. I know you've seen them. County E in Lexington, uh, the sole sponsor of Positive Thursday here at GL. And Mr. Fender Bender Mender, Positive Mike Schoonover is here. Mike, speaking of, hi, by the way. How you doing, Mike? Kenny, happy 2022. Already. Yeah. Uh, speaking of positive, listen to this review. I love this from Dave, a Ford owner, and we're not going to hold that against him. Uh, GLers, they are everything that Kenny boasts about and more. Mike, Pat, and the team were amazing from the first phone call until completed. They handled the insurance company hoops like pros and kept me updated with every move. Highly recommend Schoonovers for any auto repair and service. Good luck. Uh, that is so cool. And then there's more reviews where you're getting five out of five stars. And this is just fantastic, Mike. Uh, I love seeing this kind of, uh, these kind of reviews. And this is actually quite frequent, isn't it? You, you're getting these a lot. Uh, we're fortunate that we, uh, we have customers that, uh, care about, uh, sharing their experience. And, and we're very fortunate that we got a staff and crew that are, uh, so willing to help out our customers and do, you know, do, the job right the first time and to get that kind of review now when we're in the peak of the crashing season my goodness uh so you guys are really busy there from dawn until dusk every day but you're still managing to keep people happy that's really cool mike thank you for that uh and it makes us at gl look pretty good too <laughs> <laughs> 
That's uh, true, Kenny. That's true. When you need all the help you can get, bud. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Uh, <laughs> speaking of help, though, it sounds like the heart screening that you guys were doing for Play for Patrick got canceled, huh? Yeah, that's a bummer. We uh, we had you know we rely on medical volunteers, you know, doctors and nurses and medical technicians, and and uh, many of them were concerned with the uh, increase in the virus and, uh, and you know the virus that's going on in cases, I should say, and um, they were just a little leery of uh, maybe getting together for this so uh, we're and we don't want to get them you know in any trouble and we want to keep them safe and keep everybody safe so just better to be cautious and and uh, we'll we'll screen hearts in February yeah uh, that makes sense but you know it is what it is what was the February date I, I stepped on you there it is Sunday February 6th at the uh, Twin City orthopedic uh, training house down at the Vikings campus uh, down there in Egan um, oh, okay. Yeah, it'll be uh, two years ago in in uh, 2020 was our very last screen at that location. So, uh, so we're going to be back there and after two years. So it'll be pretty cool. It's a and neat if, environment. If you're a uh, medical expert in the business, feel f- and you'd like to help out, please do feel free to contact Play for Patrick and uh, help these folks out and help these kids stay healthy. Really appreciate that. Meanwhile, GLers, uh, if you need glass, service, body work, anything, oil changes, uh, get some new tires, seriously. Uh, do what we at GL do and a lot of GLers do. Call up Schoonover Body Works and Glass, 80 years strong in Shoreview, and always receiving five stars out of five. One of the best shops in town. GLers, thank you for choosing SchoonoverBodyWorks.com. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. Here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. Authorities are working to identify a person who burglarized a home in St. Paul, stole an AR-15, bars of silver, and killed the homeowner's dog. The Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension said it all happened Wednesday in the area of Margaret and Ruth Streets. After the homeowner returned home from work, he found a broken window and dried blood throughout his house. Eventually, he found his dog dead on the basement floor with a gunshot wound, according to the BCA. Officials say the suspect stole an AR-15 and silver bars valued at more than $7,600. The BCA released photos of the suspect, noting he has a tattoo on the top of his right hand and the right side of his face. Uh, If you'd like to see that photo, head to our Pals Downstairs website. That would be kstp.com. Uh, look up the news story, and you'll see uh, that uh, fellow's picture that they're looking for. Charges have now been filed against that suspected gunman in the Mall of America shooting that left two people injured on New Year's Eve. Head of the county attorney's office today charged 18-year-old Khalil Markel Wiley of St. Paul with two felony counts of second-degree assault with a dangerous weapon in connection to the shooting. He allegedly shot a man in the leg after a fight inside the Mall of America Friday night. Another man was also grazed by a bullet. Wiley fled the mall after the shooting. The shooting prompted a lockdown that had shoppers in the Bloomington Mall scrambling to find shelter or fleeing the building. The man shot in the leg taken to Hennepin Healthcare for treatment. He will survive. Police say he was involved in an altercation with the shooter and likely knew him. The man grazed was a bystander. He was treated at the scene, did not need to be hospitalized. When asked at a press conference how the shooter brought a gun into the building, a mall representative said that while the mall bans guns, there are no searches or metal detectors. Uh, You might remember there was another teenager arrested Monday for aiding and abetting the shooter, but he has been released. Police saying there's uh, not enough evidence to charge him with anything in that case. Yeah, there is. He's an idiot, and he was there helping. Get him in jail. 
he drove him away, right? Yeah. I think the initial yeah. report said he drove him away. And Freeman said he acted independently. I don't know what that means. Independently of what? Yeah. Amazing. So we're just going to wait for him to do another crime. Sure. Take more lives. One person is in custody after an armed intruder was reported in the building on Wyzetta Boulevard Wednesday evening. The building is under renovation. Workers in the building were able to get out without any incident. It all happened at 11055 Wyzetta Boulevard. More details are expected later today, but police did announce on Twitter uh, that the man had been taken into custody and nobody was injured. Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Fry and incoming police chief Amelia Huffman rolled out a new crime-fighting plan yesterday. Oh. It calls for, calls for hiring dozens of police officers, expanding partnerships with other law enforcement agencies, and beefing up units focused on investigating violent robberies and carjackings. At a City Hall news conference, the mayor said the department plans to hire five recruit classes to help close a staffing gap created by the departures of hundreds of officers. For now, the mayor said the department was directing its resources to areas that need it most. That would include assigning officers to neighborhoods where stolen vehicles are frequently abandoned. The interim police chief, yeah, chief Huffman said, it's clear that violent crime and the fear of violent crime is hurting our city, and in fact, it's hurting our entire metro area. Since the start of 2020, the department has lost about 300 officers, creating significant staffing shortages. Whether the department should return to its size in early 20 of 2020, when it had about 888 officers, is sure to be hotly debated in the coming months. Minneapolis Charter sets a minimum requirement of 715 total employees. All of which is great, but will mean nothing if you don't punish the offenders meaningfully. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we talked about earlier, Minneapolis and St. Paul mayors yesterday reinstated indoor mask mandates at all public-facing businesses and city-controlled facilities as COVID-19 cases continue to surge in the Twin Cities. The mandate signed by Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Fry and St. Paul Mayor Melvin Carter both take effect uh, at 5 o'clock today, today being Thursday, so 5 p.m. And uh, that does include, uh, they've been pointing out everywhere, uh, the Vikings game this weekend. Oh, I didn't even think to, of that. Yeah, Do I yes. have to wear a... Where do I have to wear a mask? For example, if I go into Fratelloni's hardware store, do I have to wear a mask? I, or is uh, that up to Fratelloni? Good news for you, pal. You're going to be wearing a mask in the building. This building? All, yep. All public-facing businesses and city-controlled facilities. So I would think, yes, if you're walking into Fratelloni's, you have to have a mask on. Although this being a private company, I believe they set their own... Uh, requirements, correct, John? Just read an email from uh, Amy Daniels, the program director. Oh, of oh. I haven't checked my email. <laughs> <in> <laughs> so literally, Kenny, tomorrow we'll have to wear a mask? P- plexiglass going up, masks really? going on, unless you're on the air. In my talk, they're dividing you into separate studios. <laughs> really? <laughs> 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 uh, some other, I uh, know uh, Richard or whatever his Which, name was didn't want us to talk about. You know, and, and those masks, they look good, but they're completely insignificant uh, they will not <laughs> stop the virus they, they because really i know diligent diligent mask wearers and bless their hearts who've had both shots and the booster and they still have the covid this is what we're going to sound like Anybody starting I tomorrow <laughs> all right so there you have it mom's defending the guy <laughs> yeah. Yeah. what <laughs> let's hope this is uh-huh. yeah Yep. Adjust your. Yeah. Adjust yourself. The, your voice is breaking up. Just turn a little bit. Getting there. It's getting there. Keep trying. 
All right, I'm outside. We're <laughs> there in a we, there we go. Now you're perfect. Outside. Now you're perfect. The wind doesn't blow. It's not that tough. Right. All right. And uh, I hope the wind blows at least one or two times. Wow. <laughs> oh, thank you, R2-D2. Man. Okay. My favorite Twins play at Cleveland tonight. Now we're losing you again. <laughs> really? Yeah. Really? 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 No, now you're really? dead again. <laughs> yeah. Now you're bad again. I think it... Okay, Charlie, what Charlie downtown? Wah, 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 wah. Okay. I think that we, uh, you know, there's probably a lot of disturbance in the evening sky over the Atlantic, and uh, sometimes you're going to break up a little bit. I'm not nervous. I'm not either. I think the boys are going to be just fine. I think they can come off this road trip with about a 15-game lead. That's what we'll no. sound like tomorrow after we wear our masks. Now, let me ask you. I think I've asked you this before. Mm-hmm. That's Pat covering the, uh, the British Open. He was in Muirfield, Scotland. Okay. So you being you know a broadcast professional, I mean, mm-hmm. you're in the bleeping Hall of Fame. Right, I am. So how, is Pat. How long were you going to stick with that call initially? As long as I could make were it. Were you last. really? Yeah. Gonna, okay, I loved it. I'm thinking how many other people would have stayed with no, it. No, no, you got to stay with that. <laughs> oh, can you imagine that happening on the neighbor? Oh God, they'd oh, panic. God. They, they yeah. dump it and not make any note of it at all. Oh, yeah, just go to break. Way. Come back and act like nothing happened. Well, I don't know. That. Okay, R2-D2. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that, Kenny, because I remember one of my favorite clips, and I think we even played it once, was when uh, Sid's alarm clock went off with Dave yeah, well, Lee. Yeah, unless, yeah. I, I should correct, unless it was Dave <laughs> well, at the Dave mic. Well, Dave knew how to play with but, Dave was yeah. the master. Yeah. I remember yeah. I ran into Dave at the State Amateur Tournament, and I went on for 15 minutes about what brilliant yeah. radio that yeah. that was. <laughs> how do you not, if you're in the business, how do you not fanboy on Dave? Remember, yeah. Goes, no, well, yeah. I must be getting somebody's luggage because right. it was a train whistle. <laughs> <laughs> train whistle. <laughs> but but he's the only one on there that would have done that. True. Yeah. 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 Yep. Uh, lots of uh, and we won't do this every day, but uh, because right now we're having a dearth of cancellations because of what's going on with COVID-19. Locally, tons of stuff being uh, canceled or postponed. The Guthrie Theater canceling A Raisin in the Sun, which was supposed to start next week. Bloomington's Artist recanceled its production of Into the Woods. Walker Art Center's postponed a show that was set to launch there January 12th. Stone Baby, a concert play collaboration between the rock band Kiss the Tiger and the Trademark Theater has been postponed. Uh, Live music in clubs and bars usually scaled back this time of year. Uh, but First Avenue has postponed what it had going, including a Best New Band Showcase with 7X. Uh, First Avenue Sister Venues, Friday's Folios and Sunday's Admiral Fox Show are both canceled, etc., etc. Other music cancellations include things at the Hook and Ladder, at the Eagles Club in Minneapolis, the big Johnny Cash tribute they do all the time. The Dakota is postponing several concerts, and nationally the Grammy Awards were postponed, and uh, Seth Meyers' Late Night Show will not be recording this week as Meyers tested positive. So. It's, uh, uh- Omicron like killing? Is it killing people? Uh, it's killed a few, but not very many. It's not as severe for right. what uh, 
I've been reading anyway. Okay. All right. It's like a bad, bad cold. Yeah. It's often being like referred bad, to it as. It is like a bad cold. <laughs> yeah. It's being referred to as cold vid. I've cold seen vid. a lot of. Yeah. yeah. And, and flu. Flu. Florona. 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 Yeah. Florona. Florida. My Florona. I Florida. saw that. Uh, yeah. That, uh, by the way, John, uh, uh, I didn't see yes. a comment from Hello. you. I, I included you in a mu- speaking of music. I included you in a uh, musical tweet yesterday because Kenny. Oh, was the... I, I answered you. Oh, did you? I'm sorry. It was the 39 got... year anniversary of the release of uh, Separate Ways by Journey, by one Journey, of John's yeah. favorite songs. Oh. Yeah, that's what you put, and I replied. <laughs> In the immortal words of Mr. Royce, I'd rather have a rectangle. <laughs> exactly. So I, I did. I did answer that. Right. President Joe Biden, as you said earlier uh, today, uh, forcefully condemning Donald Trump's election. Big lie that sparked the deadly breach of the Capitol by his supporters. He marked the anniversary of the insurrection by declaring he will stand and fight for the soul of America. His criticism was blistering of what he called the defeated president, who he blamed for the attack that has fundamentally changed Congress and raised global concerns about the future of American uh, democracy. Uh, already Donald Trump has responded, by the way, saying his Democratic successor is trying to distract from his record by saying this. In his response, the former president took a shot at the House committee investigating the events of January 6th, 2021, repeating his false claim that the 2020 presidential election was rigged. Uh, the only Republicans who showed up uh, were of the Cheney family. Of course, Liz Cheney and Dick Cheney, the father of Liz Cheney, showed up. Uh, it's the first time he's been in public for a while. Asked why he came to the Capitol. Cheney said it's an important historical event. You can't overestimate how important this is. Adding, I'm deeply disappointed. We don't have better leadership in the Republican Party to restore the Constitution. John, I apologize. I did see your reply. I yep, also, I, I, I did reply. I yeah. also saw a great reply that said, Air guitar, BFD. Air keyboard is where it's at. Can I That's have the from, screeching from the tires, please? From oh. the video, yeah. you, you're completely again. Uh, well, I waited till the car wreck. We're not. Was we're over. not talking right. about uh, journey, for okay. God's sakes. <laughs> Continue, John. Okay. Thank you. That tweet made uh, uh, me mad. I got mad at you, Chris. Why? I don't know. It, it just made me mad. Uh, that that video it, in particular. Really, I don't get mad, man. Re- I get even. It really gets <laughs> under my skin. That whole. And the, who's the singer, Steve Perry? Steve Perry. Steve How he's Perry. Stooped, Hit it again. He stooped over, snapping his fingers and playing the keyboards. And it's just, God, that uh, you know, Steve, really Steve, I get hate, mad. I hate to be Mr. FYI, but Steve Perry didn't play keyboards. So. I know, but no, he was doing... <laughs> Jesus, H. It was like air guitar, air keyboard. I saw it, yeah. I saw, I saw it, Kenny. I, I, I'm aware. Now I'm mad at you. Board. I was defending you. Now I'm mad at you. I was kind of mad at Chris at first, too. Yeah. I got over it quickly. So basically, right, what we can say back is my, my tweet was successful. It made apparently, yes, yeah. okay, apparently, yes. Okay, good. Go let's to the get corner back to the news now. and use your indoor voice okay. and don't say, well, don't even talk with your indoor voice. Uh, Alan Jesperson, the man many consider the driving force behind bluegrass music in the Twin Cities, died in his home. Jesperson organized the annual Laughing Waters Bluegrass Festival at Minnehaha Park for more than two decades. He also booked bluegrass acts at Delano's Pizza in Minneapolis and led the band, the Middle Spunk Delano's. Creek Boys. Oh, boy, I've heard of that. What did I say? I'm sorry, Delano's, yeah. Uh, the Middle Spunk Creek Boys, he led the band for 53 years. Uh, their mandolinist, Bruce Jagger, said he knew tons of songs and he knew more about Zenith tube radios than anybody in the world. Collecting, refurbishing, and selling vintage radios was Jesperson's passionate day job. He provided parts to collectors all over the world and even to the Zenith company itself. 
He was also into antiques and art deco. He operated Great Northern Vintage Radios in South Minneapolis for more than two decades. And after shuttering the physical shop during the pandemic, he continued to travel uh, to buy and sell old radios and their parts. His brother Peter said Zena started calling him when they couldn't find parts. In the 90s, the TV show The X-Files contacted him for some details on a Zenith radio they were using in a program. Uh, some may also know uh, his brother, Peter. Peter was the co-founder of Twin Tone Records and manager of The Replacements. Alan Jefferson, uh, Jesperson died December 30th. Natural causes at his home. He was 74. I thought Alan was always bigger than Peter. Uh, Otrushko played with them. And the Spunk Spunk Boys were on Garrison's early shows. Mm -hmm. Um, I saw a picture of the radio, Kenny, that you sent me. My grandpa, in 1939, for their first wedding anniversary, gave my grandma a 1938 Zenith, uh, an upside-down teardrop, just a beautiful Art Deco radio. I set to restoring it um, sometime, I would say, the late 80s, discovered Allen's shop. They were then on uh, Bloomington Avenue. Went in there with some questions, and he pretty much just said, you know what, son, patted me on the head, bring that thing in. I said, well, I don't have any money to spend. He goes, bring it in. And when I got that thing back, Joe, my could Bring in Mars. Not only that, but it was perfect, better looking than the day it came out. Did he even refinish it? Oh, he refinished it, too. And it's still sitting in my living room. Wow. Absolutely the most beautiful thing you'll ever see. And he was just, and I bet you it didn't cost me 150 bucks. Wow. He was just such a gentle, wonderful guy. And then he had these bluegrass festivals every Labor Day down at Mayhaha Park, uh, the Falls Park, that were just wonderful. But everybody asks about the name. And Such, you're a lake guy. Are you familiar with this? I know this sounds weird saying this, but the spunk chain? Yeah, you see it on the way to Alexandria. Yeah, and what's funny is there's lower spunk, Mm -hmm. which is the northernmost lake. There's middle spunk, which is in the middle. And then there's Upper Spunk, which is the, the southernmost south. yeah. lake. Yeah. <laughs> 94 cuts right through it's it, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's where you get Big Spunk Rest Area right, and all that, right. which is, you know, that's a viral. The little uh, Spunk Creek Boys. Yeah. Yeah, what a great, wonderful band, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. just, they really, really reinforce my love of bluegrass. We And we just lost Ostrusko, right, last year, I think. Or it would have been 2021, yeah. I believe. Early part of the year, unfortunately. Yep. I hate this. Yeah. Kenny, uh, I haven't seen you since a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> See you next year. Uh, Chris, squealing tires. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Fresh violence raging in Kazakhstan's main city on Thursday after Russia rushed in paratroopers overnight, putting down a countrywide uprising in the former Soviet state closely allied to Moscow. Uh, this was rough stuff. I don't know if you read any of this. Uh, police in the main city of Almaty said they had killed dozens of rioters overnight. State TV said at least 13 members of security forces, so Russian police basically had died, including two that they found decapitated. Mm-hmm. Whoa. The Interior Ministry had two, uh, said 2,000 people had been arrested. After a night of running confrontations between protesters and troops on the street, a presidential residence in the city and its mayor's office were both on fire and burnt-out cars littered the city. Military personnel regained control of the main airport, seized earlier by protesters. But Thursday evening saw renewed battles in Almaty's main square, occupied alternately by troops and hundreds of protesters throughout much 
of the day. Okay, that's gonna. That's how it's going to happen here. Such, uh, did we have the the Civil War con- conversation on the air or off the air? We had that off the air, off right? The air. Yep. That's the Civil War. Yep. It's not going to be blue versus red, black versus white. It's it's going to be, and we're already seeing it play out. We saw it here or in Minneapolis, you know, last year. Uh, we're seeing it out in Portland. That's the war. How Sque- dreadful. Squealing tires? No. No, okay. no, no. If you've been playing Powerball lately because of the large pot, well... That pot has now been won. Two lucky lotto players will find themselves in a new tax bracket after hitting the $632.6 million jackpot in Wednesday night's drawing. Uh, One of those sold close to home, by the way. Uh, One of the winning tickets sold in California, the other in Wisconsin. Hmm. The winners will split the jackpot, which is the seventh biggest in Powerball's history. Each ticket worth $316.3 million, or $225.1 million in cash, both pre-tax. It's the first time someone has hit the jackpot since October 4th. That was 40 drawings ago. I'm confused. Yes, sir. I thought there was only one winning ticket. No, no, there can be there can be 100. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Because you can pick your own numbers, so we say you and I like the same numbers. Yeah. We might pick the same numbers. Uh-huh. If those numbers are drawn, you and I both win. I see. Or all four of us for that matter. Suits, you should have played. Numbers. That could have paid for that uh, Christmas family vacation yeah. years. Yeah. Uh, cover <laughs> that. Those fond memories. Uh, speaking of trips, how'd you like to be on this one, Joe? A propeller smashed through the window of a plane after it hit a bird, terrifying passengers on board. I would board. not have liked that. No. Jeez. The bird hit the engine. Oh, wait, stop. Roycey. Yeah. What's Roycey going to say? No, let's keep, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Still flying. Let's well, go. I, I still love the time where he com, uh, compared the belt, uh, the fan in his car as, as a propeller. A propeller. Went yeah. through a propeller. the hood. <laughs> he thought the fan blade was a propeller. Went right through the hood. <laughs> the uh, bird, bird hit the engine with such force that the propeller went straight through the cabin and across to the opposite side of the aircraft. Incredibly... No passengers were hurt. It was a Jetstream 41 approaching a Venetia mine in South Africa when the bird hit the propeller on the right side, the blade snapping off, penetrating that side of the aircraft. Its force and trajectory saw it then hurtle across the cabin and smash into another passenger window, destroying the window pane on the opposite side of the fuselage. The debris created from the propeller showed splinters of wood across the cabin. The Johannesburg Airline, Airlink, issued a statement that said yesterday, an Airlink Jetstream 41 operating a private charter flight struck a large bird. None of the passengers or crew were injured, although the aircraft sustained, sustained excuse me, substantial damage. In compliance with the aviation protocols, the airline said the South African Civil Aviation Authority will conduct an investigation. Four bathers have been killed and over 20 people injured in a spate of ferocious piranha attacks in Paraguay. I ain't swimming in Paraguay. Did it frighten you when I said bathers? When I first read the story, I thought, well, why are we all bathing in the river? What? Well, that's how we do in the country. Mm -hmm. A 22-year-old man died after he was badly bitten by the predators as he swam in the Paraguay River south of the capital Asuncion. His family saw him disappear from view contacted the police, leading to a search that lasted 45 minutes before his badly bitten body was found. It's unusual for piranhas to be so aggressive, and yet there have been numerous attacks in the region recently. 
A 49-year-old man was also killed in the Paraguay River in the town of Puerto Rosario, with his body found with bite wounds. Forensic examinations confirmed he had most probably been attacked by piranhas in the water who targeted his face. Oh. Then, <laughs> thought I'd throw that in for you, Kenny. Then two people were killed in the Tabicuary River. Uh, their bodies also found with piranha bites. There have also been other reports of swimmers being bitten, with more than seven reported on just New Year's Day on the beach at Bella Vista Swimming Club in Atupoa. Biologist Julio Javier Copley told OutletABC.com that piranhas can hide behind floating vegetation in rivers before they attack people. Jeez. He said they're most likely to attack during the breeding season, but they can also attack in hot weather when water level in rivers is low. Normally, piranhas move in groups. It's the male that normally attacks to protect young piranhas while the bite's underwater with the predator not jumping, as is often shown in terror films. Save that story, John. Uh, I know where we can use that oh, next, next week. Mean. You yeah. are mean. Yeah. I've got uh, great news for you. What's that, Joe? And I'm going to make this announcement. Okay. At EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake, mm-hmm. I'm calling uh-huh. it the New Year's sale. Okay. Well, it was the Christmas sale. Okay. On my own... I'm calling it the New Year's sale, okay. and you're going to get $200 off all Bentelli electric bikes and Yamaha power assist bikes for GLers. Buy it now and tell them I told you that they have to store it for you for free until spring. Jeez. And they will. So and they will. Jeez. Due to supply and They're ship- a man of Joe's word. Due to a supply and shipping issues, you can expect electric bikes to increase come spring by a substantial amount in the largest pricing increase since Tim's been in business. You buy now at last year's prices. 2021 Bintelli scooters at $12.99. That includes free winter storage. Prices will be hitting high this spring and could be as much as, well, considerably more a scooter depending on the model. Now, a full line of Yamaha products. Still time to get your sled tuned up for winter fun. It's, It's snowing. It's cold. Great youth recreational equipment. They have kept the same kids' ATV promotions for GLers in January. But we're calling it the New Year's sale. And again, they'll keep it for you until the weather turns. And then you take delivery of your brand new ride. And it'll be fun, man, at EcoFun Motorsports. They're right on 61 in downtown Forest Lake. Great people, great service department. And that great storage of anything you buy right now, they'll keep it for you till spring. Truth, justice, and the souchere. There's a wonderful little independent pawn and gun shop up in Monticello. I know you GLers know about this one called Monticello Pawn and Gun. It's part of the DKMags.com family. They're located south of 94. 1219 Highway 25 on the web, montypon.com. It's a full-service joint. They're going to loan uh, on almost nearly anything of value. They offer the best selection of unique items in the area, from tools to electronics and firearms. And uh, You know what? I, I know this seems dumb, but I really love them for pocket knives. They've got a big display of pocket knives. I'm a sucker for a pocket knives. And if you don't, uh, knives, knife, knives, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, if you don't see what you need in the store, you got to ask them because there's a good chance they can find it for you. A Monticello Pawn and Gun Shop. Be, to, be sure to put it on your rounds when you're making them stop in shopping around there. By the way, also looking for a few good people to pay while you get trained to be a part of the staff there. Go to montypond.com or better yet, give them a call, 763 295 
55 Monticello Pawn and Gun Shop. Subject, the greatest case of garage wood ever. Oh, boy. Mm. Hello, Joe. My name is Colton Molesky, and I've been listening to the show since middle school, loyally attending the Garage Logic University through high school and college. Now I'm a reporter in Madison, Wisconsin. In my travels as the local evening reporter, I believe I have stumbled on the greatest case of garage wood in history. There is a testing facility in Madison called the Forest Products Laboratory. It has been around since 1910 and involved in many testing and construction projects over the decades. After each project, leftover lumber is documented and stored. Now, 3,000 pounds of that lumber is in Washington, D.C., helping to restore the damage done to the U.S. Capitol last January. While the lumber is for multiple projects and a wide variety of trees, most of it is leftover wood from World War I when the laboratory built propellers for planes <coughs> during the war effort. Hmm. I believe this counts as garage wood because it was stashed after projects, and now that vintage timber is in demand to replace the vintage door frames and windows at the Capitol. They have pulled this lumber out of their garage for another project. P.S. I assume you are wondering how they ship the wood out there, but don't worry. As a GL reporter, I was plenty inquisitive. They wrapped and packed the lumber on a flatbed truck, driving it through the recent snowstorms to get to D.C. Oh, there is hope for the future of reporting if we can get more Colton Moleskis. <laughs> That's cool. And I have a ruling. Uh, Tom from St. Paul, I think you're going to strike out here, Tommy. Hi, Joe. While taking a winter walk recently, hearing all the snowblowers in my neighborhood, I began thinking about the cylinder index, specifically how mine is lacking. My understanding is that one's cylinder index and age should be roughly commensurate. While I hate to divulge my exact CI for fear of losing credibility, suffice it to say if my age matched my cylinders, I'd be in about sixth grade. And that's the normal sixth grade, not the rookie sixth grade. (laughs) Just kidding, Rook. I therefore have a proposal for you. In conjunction with the cylinder index, I propose a prorated caliber index. This would be the grand total of one's firearms fully loaded. Note, not all magazines in one's possession, but rather one magazine per firearm full capacity. While I would leave determination of the exact ratio to you, I would propose a 4 to 1 caliber to cylinder ratio. My firearms, fully loaded, amount to around 200 rounds. Divided by four, the resulting caliber index of 50 added to my major cylinders would place me comfortably at a suitable cylinder index. (laughs) Perhaps it's heresy to propose such a thing, but given DK Mag's sponsorship of the program, perhaps it's time to consider a means whereby those of us lacking in cylinders who engage in other activities endorsed by GL can play catch-up. Thanks for considering. Good luck, Tom from St. Paul. N. Oh, we've been through this before a million times. People want to count their guns. No, yeah, no. Well, they're cylinders and they firearms. Don't they don't, and, they're not. They, they don't they, combust. They do. Yeah, they do. No, they don't combust. You don't put gas in them at the gas station. No, but yeah, the firing pin strikes the uh, primer, and the primer fires the gunpowder. And the gunpowder answer is no, the Kenny. Uh, I have a question about <laughs> yesterday's show. What's yeah. the chunk? Kicking deal. What, what? Oh, a guy was wondering where, uh, out of courtesy, where does one kick chunks? And oh. he he reasonably concluded that he thought it would be unseemly to kick a chunk at the gas station because the next guy's got to stand in his chunks. 
So uh, my solution was I just wait till I get home, kick the chunks before I put the car in the garage, and then oh. shovel the chunks out of the way. No, no, no. You ch- kick the chunks anywhere but your own driveway. I agree with Kenny. Anywhere oh. but your own driveway. It's somebody else's fault, uh, deal, problem. Yeah. All right. In fact, go to your neighbor's driveway and kick him in his. No, he's got too many <laughs> security cameras. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> isn't he a lawyer, too? By no, he's, he's, I don't, we don't know what he is, but he's a very interesting cat. Uh, <laughs> only. Only? Because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park in Mumpumalanga, South Africa, from the Traveling Lymans. Uh, who can be followed at WorldWideWaftage.com. You know what waftage means? No. It means to roam. It means to wait. Oh. Uh, In a state of waiting. Well, that's what I'm doing right now. You're pretty close. Get this over with. (laughs) (laughs) The show. (laughs) On this day, in 1976, after presiding over the reserve mining lawsuit for two and a half years, Judge Miles Lord was removed from the case because he was thought to have a bias against the company. <laughs> you think? Uh, <laughs> in 1996, Maud Keg, editor, editor of the Malax Band of Ojibwe and El- author... El- elder, not editor. Elder. Oh, yeah, elder. Maud Keg, elder of the Malax Band of Ojibwe and author of books on her childhood and Ojibwe stories, died. She was born August 26, 1904. She was raised in the traditional Ojibwe culture. In 1990, she earned a National Heritage Fellowship from the National Endowment for the Arts for her traditional beadwork. Cool. And on this day, January 6th, today, 2014. Governor Mark Dayton orders all schools in the state closed due to cold weather predictions. This will be the first of many temperature-related closures in the the winter of 2014, leading districts to develop related policies. The 2013-2014 winter was the coldest since 1978 and 79. What world was it? Embarrassed? Didn't Embarrass hit? I think they got pretty cold. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, GLers. Embarrassed Minnesota. That's right. Yeah. Thank you. I'm the one that's embarrassed daily on this show. Right. Right. Okay. Hey, GLers, do us a favor. Hit the subscribe button on the old Garage Logic YouTube page if you wouldn't mind. And also, you can check us out on all of our social media platforms with Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's all available for you. And don't forget to download that PodMN app for your smart device where you have the chance to win daily prizes just by listening to Garage Logic. We'll do this again tomorrow.